Welcome to In Layman's Terms, a podcast dedicated to stories of discipleship and putting scripture to use in our daily lives. I'm your host, Todd Seifert. I'm the Communications Director for the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church, comprised of just fewer than 1,000 churches throughout Kansas and Nebraska. I'm also a certified lay minister in the United Methodist Church, so what you hear on this show truly comes to you in layman's terms. I have more than 25 years experience teaching the Bible to everyone from teenagers to 90-somethings, and I served as a journalist for 20 years prior to entering ministry. So I'm excited to share with you stories of disciples in action and to explore with you what the Bible has to teach us in the 21st century. Some episodes focus on a person or church doing great things to serve as the hands and feet of Christ. Some episodes feature interviews with experts who can help us along our faith journey. Still others include short reflections on scripture. Thank you for joining me. live in an unfair, unjust world. <laughs> Is there any way I could have stated the obvious in an any more understated way? We struggle with the concept of equity. We want the world to be fair. <laughs> I have two children, three years apart. When they were young, if we did anything at all for one of them or gave anything to one of the kids, the other would claim to my wife and I that we were being unfair. Our reality is way too often we have something we don't want to give up, whatever that is, to allow others to have a piece of the pie. We're afraid of losing something, so we don't want to give it up, whatever it is. Think about some unfair or unjust things in our world today. Here are just some examples related to pay. Did you know that women, on average, earn 82 cents on the dollar compared to their male counterparts for the same positions doing the same work? Let's look at race between men. Black men earn 87 cents on the dollar for every dollar earned by a white man. In fact, racial inequality has been a hallmark of the United States, unfortunately. People of color have way more difficult times getting into and affording college and higher degrees such as medicine. I mean, there is a reason why we have affirmative action in the United States. It was necessary. Race is far from our only example of inequality, but it has to be one of our most evident. Our nation has long struggled with this concept of fairness. As an example, I offer up the concept of separate but equal from our country's past. In 1892, Homer Plessy bought a ticket to ride the train from Covington, Louisiana, on the north side of Lake Pontchartrain, to New Orleans, on the south side of Lake Pontchartrain. And he refused to sit in the car labeled for black people. So he was arrested. Eventually, Homer was convicted and filed a petition against the presiding judge in the case, a man named John Ferguson. So in 1896, we get the landmark U.S. Supreme Court case of Plessy versus Ferguson. Well, as you probably know, Homer lost. And it set into motion a set of what are now known as the Jim Crow laws that existed well into the 1960s and whose legacy continues even into the 21st century. 
In fact, those Jim Crow laws weren't even beginning to fracture until there was another landmark case. This time because a family wanted to send their black child to a white school in Topeka, Kansas. Eventually, we get the landmark decision, Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas. But you know, even if schools had been equal in the 1950s, they were not equitable. Let me explain, because there's a big difference between those two words, equality versus equity. And I think I can best describe the difference with this amazing illustration of three people trying to watch a baseball game from the center field fence. There are three people. One's a rather tall person on the left. That person can already see over the fence. There's a younger person, much shorter, but they need one box to stand on to see the game. And then there's a really small person, a really young child. And this one, even with one box, can't see. They would need two boxes to stand on to be able to see over the fence. Now, if it were equality, each one of them would receive one box. The taller person on the left didn't need the box, would be even taller, but it wouldn't have helped them at all. The person in the middle, middle in size, well, that one box does help them. But the small person on the right, who received just the same equal piece of equipment as the others, one box, still couldn't see over. So now let's take a look at what equity looks like. Because equality, well, it often has to do with inputs. The tools, in this case, the boxes that these people are standing on. Equity has to do with outcomes. How does everybody get the same opportunity to succeed? In this illustration, when we talk about equity, if there are three people and three boxes, well, that person who is tall on the left they don't need any box, so they don't take a box. They can see just fine. The person in the middle needs one box to stand on. So he or she stands on that one box, and now he or she can see just fine. The really small person, the short person on the right, well, they get the remaining two boxes, and now they also can see over the fence. With equity, everyone gets the opportunity. Now, not everyone needs the same things to have a chance in life. Some people need a little more. Some people need a little less, just like that illustration pointed out. Jesus uses the extremes to teach us that lesson in today's scripture. So let's look together at Luke chapter 6, verses 17 to 26. down from the mountain with them and stood on a large area of level ground. A great company of his disciples and a huge crowd of people from all around Judea and Jerusalem and the area around Tyre and Sidon joined him there. They came to hear him and to be healed from their diseases, and those bothered by unclean spirits were healed. The whole crowd wanted to touch him because power was going out from him, and he was healing everyone. 
Jesus raised his eyes to his disciples and said, Happy are you who are poor, because God's kingdom is yours. Happy are you who hunger now, because you will be satisfied. Happy are you who weep now, because you will laugh. Happy are you when people hate you, reject you, insult you, and condemn your name as evil because of the human one. Rejoice when that happens. Leap for joy because you have a great reward in heaven. Their ancestors did the same things to the prophets. But how terrible for you who are rich, because you have already received your comfort. How terrible for you who have plenty now, because you will be hungry. How terrible for you who laugh now, because you will mourn and weep. How terrible for you when all speak well of you. Their ancestors did the same things to the false prophets. This passage is considered to be another form of the Beatitudes that we read about in the book of Matthew. Now that one took place on what we call the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus likely was teaching that same lesson or a group of lessons to a different group of people in what we call in this passage the Sermon on the Plain. And it totally makes sense. I mean, Jesus obviously didn't just teach one lesson one time in one place and forget about it. No, Jesus almost certainly taught the same lesson, sometimes in different ways, to different sets of people in different places. In this passage, Jesus is sharing hope with the people around him. In effect, he's saying to them, to the folks who maybe are the have-nots in this illustration, that you know what, today's going to be tough. You may not have money to meet your needs. You may be hungry. You may face sadness and despair. But better times are ahead. You eventually are going to be on the same level playing field as those who have enough money, who aren't hungry, and who are perfectly happy, or at least not malcontent, with the world as we know it. You see, for those facing hardship, Jesus wanted them to know then, as well as those struggling today, well, he wanted them to know that there are reasons for hope, for sure in the church triumphant, eternity with Christ in heaven. But maybe, just maybe, also in this life, if the people Jesus addresses second in this passage pay attention, that is. You see, in the Sermon on the Plain, Jesus shares just a few blessings, but he adds four woes, reminders, if you will, of the mission for many on earth to share with others, to lend a hand, to ensure not equality, but equity. Now, what I'm about to share is just my guess. I have nothing to base this on other than the way that I read the scripture. But I think Jesus noticed two sets of people that he was preparing to teach this lesson to that day. Some were the haves and some were the have-nots, just like today. He starts by sharing some hope for the have-nots in this Sermon on the Plain, just as he did for the entire Sermon on the Mount. But who does Jesus address next? Well, he addresses the rich. Now, maybe that's not anyone listening to this podcast, but it could be. He addresses those who have plenty, probably most of the people listening to this podcast. And he addresses those of us with good reputations, probably a good many of the people listening to this podcast. In each case, Jesus says those folks have already received their reward. There is nothing else. How sad is that? Now, if the story, if Jesus' teachings here, stopped right there, 
well, we would be in pretty bad shape, wouldn't we? But see, we can rejoice because we have context. We have the other teachings of Jesus to pair with these powerful words. And that gives even those of us with plenty, who maybe haven't done our part yet, some hope. You see, we know that Jesus taught about repentance. We know that Jesus taught about grace. We know that he taught those of us who are rich that we're supposed to give to the poor, so we have our instructions. We know that he taught those of us who have plenty to give something away. If we have two tunics, for example, we're supposed to give away one to someone who lacks it. And we know those of us with good reputations must show our love to others and not just rely on lip service. In other words, we have to keep walking the talk. You know, when I think of this passage, I visualize Jesus teaching that first group, those who are marginalized, downtrodden, the have-nots, that they will be restored and sustained. And then Jesus turns his attention to those of us in that second group, those of us who have plenty. Any of us who happen to be in that second group facing those woes, that is, unless we're ready and willing to give up a few things to help with that restoration and sustenance of the first group? Well, you see, the people facing tough times in this life, they don't have to wait until their resurrections to finally experience equity. If, if those of us with plenty are willing to do our part. So those of us with plenty have to ask ourselves several very important questions. How can we restore and sustain dignity for the poor? How can we help feed the hungry? In short, we need to assess how we can comfort and raise up the downtrodden and empower the marginalized. You see, I think at its most basic level that this is a lesson for people at the top of the socioeconomic ladder and not just for those at the bottom. And for all those of us who think we're in the middle, well, I think we need to keep one thing in mind. We may look up to those who have achieved much, and we might even dream a little bit about being in that position. I think striving for something is good. I think it's important to set goals and to work to achieve them. So by all means, look up to those who have achieved much and strive to match them. But just as importantly, no, more importantly, don't forget to look down. Looking down is not to chastise someone, it's not to criticize anyone for their circumstances, and it's certainly not to judge. But instead, look down and extend a hand. Take the opportunity to look up to our fellow human beings, but let's strive for equity in all that we do. You know, there's a Tim McGraw song titled Humbled and Kind. Toward the end of that song, there's a great line in the context of achievement but I think it fits another way. As I share these words, think of them in terms of once we have what we need, how we should look Don't at take others. Granted, the love this life gives you. When you get where you're going, don't forget, turn back around. And help the next one in line. Always stay humble and kind. Help the next one in line. Always stay humble and kind. If we were to do that, to turn around and help the next person, how amazing would our society be? How much would we curb suffering? 
How much equity would we see in our world, our world that's so full of unfairness? So I encourage all of you to be on the lookout for ways that you can help the poor, the hungry, and the sorrowful. Be cognizant of how you can look up, but also look down. And this week, I encourage you to look up and down and consider what you can do to help that next one in line. Until next time, amen. In Layman's Terms is a podcast sponsored by the Great Plains Conference of the United Methodist Church and by me, your host, Todd Seifert. If you like what you've heard in this episode, please go rate us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening. It helps others find us. And if you're so inclined, please share the link to this podcast on your social media channels. Our music and sound effects come via subscriptions to Universal Production Music and to Storyblocks. You can find archived episodes on the conference website at www.greatplainsumc.org podcasts or on my website, toddseifert.com. Please email me with any questions or comments to tseifert at greatplainsumc.org and I'll do my best to respond as quickly as possible. Thank you for listening. And until next time, please do what you can to help make more disciples of Jesus Christ. You can play a small part in helping change a life.